Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Baseball Never Sleeps podcast. I'm Simon Farber. As always, joining me is co-host Nick Lancioni, and today we have a new Cubs outfielder, Steven Souza Jr., with us. First off, Steven, thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, this is a spring that's pretty unique, like we've you've really never experienced before. So how are you staying in baseball shape to try to get ready for this uh, eventual season, if it is coming? Yeah, I, I think it's going to come, and... Um... You know, I'm pretty lucky. I've got I've got a gym at my house, and I've got a cage as well. Um, and I, you know, one of my one of the guys I work out with in the off season is home here, and so yeah, you know, he's the only one that's coming over and, and hitting. And then I'm just working out by myself, so I'm able to play catch and get all my work in and stay ready. I noticed during this uh, off season on your Twitter account, it looks like you've been keeping yourself quite busy with this quarantine by creating a lot of TikToks. How did you hop on this trend, and have you done any other hobbies that you've picked up while you've been in quarantine? One of my favorite teammates, Trevor Plouffe. Um, I, you know, I'm not a lot of people know this, but I'm I, I'm known for dancing in the clubhouses a lot, <laughs> and. Uh, so, you know, there was so much boredom. I was talking about getting other social medias and just staying interacted with the fans as much as I can during this time. And he's the one that told me, he's like, hey, you really need to look at TikTok. And I was like, what the heck is TikTok? And so I, I went and looked, and it was right up my alley. I saw why he had recommended it. And uh, my wife's a phenomenal dancer. And so we just got uh, going on it, and it's been a lot of fun. So uh, I've, we've enjoyed it, and it's kept us busy. So, Stephen, you landed with the Cubs this offseason. What led you to sign there and decide to play your next season in Chicago? Yeah, there was a certain criteria we were looking for on every team. I think we were looking for, you know, a maximum amount of plate appearances and stuff. But, um, you know, we were just looking for somebody to, to really believe that I was still the same. And, uh, you know, when they came up, we held a workout in the offseason because a lot of people were scared uh, from the injury, rightfully so. I think, and um, you know, when they came up for the workout, they they were very interested um, and believed that watching me run and hit and all that that I was back to normal. And they had said that you know we, we think you can really help, and um, you know they they showed us the stuff about family, um, that they're just one of the best organizations with family, and that really appealed to me. I've got a wife and two kids, and they are. Uh, a big part of my life and so with all that being said it felt like the right thing to do um for for my family and i it was Last hard, week we... oh sorry not to cut you off no, no no i was just gonna say it was hard we actually you know uh one of the choices that we were looking at was here in seattle and so um it, it was a lot of we had a, a few teams that had an access um we got a, a bunch of big league offers, and so to be able to decide that Chicago was the best place was it was difficult, but we felt like it was the right decision. So we recently spoke with your new teammate Chent Jimbroni, and he endorsed you as one of the most influential leaders during this uh, cut short spring training. That's pretty high endorsement for somebody who's only been here a couple months. But how did you get acclimated to the Cubs clubhouse so quickly? You know, I've been this is my seventh year in the league, and so I know a lot of these guys from just playing against them and talking to them, and. Um, but more so like I'm a relation relational person, man. I just really, I love people and love getting to know them and sharing my experiences and listening to theirs. Um, it drives me and, 
I, I enjoy it. And I think God really put, God put Trent next to me in my locker. And I didn't know this guy. He was, he showed up a little later and, um, you know, I'm, I'm not one to kind of jump on and say anything to anybody right away. Uh, but, you know, I just try and love people and that's all I really try and do to the best of my ability. And then I work, you know, I try and work hard every day. And I think those two things, um, you know, you can do those things in this game and you can build some, some cool relationships. In your short time spent in the locker room so far, what can you tell us about the new Cubs manager, David Ross? Oh, man, I love him. I love him. He really set the tone in his speech, I think, early on. Um, he, yeah, he just gets it, I think. He, you know, former player, catcher, you know, his resume speaks for himself. And not just on the field, like what with what he's uh, accomplished as far as World Series championships, but I think the way he's interacted with players and teammates throughout his career. You know, he's just a wise, wise guy a wise man who, um, yeah, he just gets it. I think that's the best way to put it. And so uh, he comes with a passion that really can fuel the team, and it really fueled us. And uh, the way he speaks grabs your attention really quick and makes you want to fight for him. Steven, you missed all of the 2019 season with a freak knee injury, so it's been over a full year since you played in a big league game. When you think about this play stoppage due to the coronavirus, is it a little extra frustrating since you probably had this date circled in mind for your return to get back on the field? Um, I don't think frustrating is the right, the right word. Um, disappointing, maybe. You know, I was definitely look for, looking forward to opening day, but also kind of a blessing, right? Like, I, I get a few more months um, to rehab even more and rehab on top. Not that I wasn't ready to go, but, man, I can get a full year before I start playing again. That's awesome. I don't think anybody thought that was going to be possible, you know. And so um, it's really a blessing to be able to keep rehabbing at my house and do all this stuff to get ready to go. Um, you know, I showed in spring that I could pick it back up and go. Um, and I think that's 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 good for my psyche to know that I can still play. I can still run. So now um, it's just waiting. You know, it's just another another uh, speed bump in the, the vision that I had planned. But, man, if I can tell you guys one thing, my journey never goes the way that I, I have it planned. And, uh, I've learned to just let go and let God direct me where he needs me to go. The few spring training games we've been gifted with on TV uh, before this spring training was cut short, I, I've noticed that the broadcast networks have been experimenting with miking up all the a few of the players during the game. Do you like this idea? Is it distracting at all? It's a good question. Um, I think there's a healthy balance somewhere in there. I, I, you know, I know a lot of people like it, but you know, if you overdo it, I think you can lose kind of the. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, if you if you do it every single day, people are going to kind of, ah, I heard it, it doesn't get uh, that much attraction. You know, I think that like what KB and Riz did, it, it's going to be difficult for those things to, to happen. Uh, you can't be talking to somebody in the booth during a live season game, you know. I think spring training is a unique environment where you're able to do all those things. Um, but, yeah, it's. There's, there's a part of it that's really cool for the fans to see how we interact with each other, but there's also uh, when it really is time to go and compete, it's, it, could, it, it could be a little distracting. 
So last week we talked to Diamondbacks outfielder Cole Calhoun, and we asked him what his toughest at-bat in the major leagues is for him, and he said Carlos Carrasco. Who would be your answer for that question for the toughest at-bat? Uh, why not Carlos? I think I've had a little bit of success off of Carlos. Um, man, Chris Sale. You know, I don't struggle against lefties very much, but I can – man, he's, he's tough for me. I started to get him at the, the end of 17, started to figure him out. And by figure him out, meaning like an early approach because I still didn't get very many hits. Um, but my career numbers are terrible. I think I'm one for 21 with like 18 Ks against him. It's bad. It is not good. Um, and I started off like – I remember when he was in Chicago. I, I was fine. It didn't freak me out. Like he didn't – intimidate me very much and you know i knew he ran it up there but when he went to boston i don't know something happened and uh he got my number i'll tell you what the catcher in boston was my roommate in the minor leagues from uh the gulf coast league all the way to the big leagues we played seven years together uh sandy leone and he knows me in and out and it was not fair to know me in and out and have chris Taylor on the mound that's what i think happened <laughs> At the end of the 2019 season, the MLB released a report responding to the questions of whether baseballs were juiced or not due to the increased home run rate in 2017 and 2019, and ultimately the results were inconclusive, but did you personally notice any changes to the ball while you were playing, and are you okay with the balls being juiced so you can pad the home run numbers? And is this in 19 you're talking about? It, yeah, there it was. Uh, there was a study done in 2017 as well as the 2019 season, specifically 2019. Yeah. Um, in 17, I didn't really feel a whole lot of a difference. You know, um, I know that guys were starting to get suspicious then, but I, I think that I don't know the the, the short answer is I, I don't really know. You know, but I do know that the philosophy of pitching has changed dramatically in the game. Nobody's trying to sink the ball down and get ground balls anymore. It's strikeouts and throw the ball up in the zone. Well, to me, um, and, you know, I, Justin Verlander won the Cy Young last year, right, and he gave up the most homers, I think. Well, he's the guy that throws only at the top of the zone and only at the bottom of the zone. And if you only throw at the top of the zone, if you don't get it just where you want, it's going to be a little bit lower, and you can get that thing smashed. I mean, when we're kids growing up, you're taught to look for the ball up, and drive it. And when you start pitching up and you don't get it there, you're going to make mistakes. And so I think there's probably a healthy balance of maybe something's happened and philosophy of pitching is has changed and also philosophy of hitting has changed. You're not trying to put the ball in play as much. Guys are trying to launch. They're trying to, they're trying to launch balls, uh, play for the three-run homer. The game has just changed with the shifts. You know, there's just so many different variabilities that have come into play. And, I'm, again, I want you to hear me saying I'm not saying the balls haven't been juiced. I, I just don't know. But I, don't, I do know that there's other factors that have definitely come into play. All right, Stephen, last question. There's a lot of uncertainty right now about the game and the 2020 season going forward. Have you heard anything from club officials or agents or anything that leads you to believe that we still will get a season in this summer? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think in talking to you know MLB and the Player Association and different players and owners and Everybody, everybody wants to play. And I think no matter how many games we can get in, whatever that may be or whatever it takes, I think we're going we're gonna to do our best. I think the eagerness to play gives me great hope. You know, I think that if, 
um, if there was some disparity or some disagreement or maybe some doubt on the health aspect of it, I think I would be remiss to believe that. But uh, all in all, with the with the anticipation from owners and GMs and players and coaches, I think we're going to do our best, you know, and, and especially from the MLB office too. I think everybody wants to play. And when you all want to play and as long as, you know, it, it stays healthy, I, I believe that we're going to play. Well, we're all waiting in anticipation to see how this whole situation plays out. Steven Souza, Jr. of the Chicago Cubs. Steven, thanks so much for taking some time to talk with us today, and we hope to see you back out on the outfield at Wrigley Field shortly. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much, Steven.